dunking myself into ice cold water, trying not to get stabbed or shot, and then breathing on the floor with a bunch of strangers was not my first impression of a great time. But I did sign up for it. Went to a resilience workshop in Coldwater, Michigan, and met this individual as an instructor, Aaron Gennetti. And what really struck me was his passion and his coaching style. Then I realized that he was also a gym owner. We talk about what it was like transitioning during the pandemic and the continuation of this endemic um, for client retention, client satisfaction, and also lessons learned along the way. So this episode will resonate with those that are managing gyms, those that want to start their own gym, and those that maybe are a personal trainer, in-person personal trainer that wants to relate better to the people that they serve. So sit back, relax, and don't worry about uh, anyone coming at you with a knife or a gun. Or if you want to prepare yourself for someone coming at you with a knife or a gun, you should check out Aaron Gennetti's workshops. And if you're in the area of Columbus, Ohio, where his gym is located, um, I will have a link to his uh, Instagram handle and his website in the show notes. So enjoy the conversation with Aaron Gennetti. What's going on? Oh, dude, uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, let's see the, uh, I've been traveling a lot. Um, thankfully I've been home for the last three weeks, which is good, but, uh, traveling a lot, teaching, um, a program that I developed a couple of years ago, uh, along with two other guys, essentially teaching people how to learn how to deal with knife attacks. So when we were, um, in cold water, we were messing around with some of the knife stuff and having y'all fight over that. That's, uh, I do that in uh 10 hour weekends so we do two five hour days of of drilling to learn how to deal with um an edged weapon and in like a true violent encounter so it's uh it's it's a heck of a time so i've been traveling around doing that a lot um i've got a brick and mortar facility here uh where we teach brazilian jiu-jitsu um self-defense krav maga kickboxing crossfit olympic weightlifting a little bit of everything and then, uh, yeah, I got a six-year-old, I got a four-year-old, I got an incredible wife. So a lot of cool stuff there. Um, I'm getting ready to move my mom down here. So like, that's exciting. I'm a straight freaking mama's boy at 36 years old. So where are you from originally, man? <laughs> uh, I was born and raised in Youngstown. So I'm a, that's about two and a half, three hour drive from where we're at now here in Columbus. Um, I moved down here to go to Ohio state in 2004 and stayed. <laughs> so I'll be in Columbus. Um, May, what, like, think, what is that? May, like, 13th, I think I'm heading down there. Yeah. So I got a class um, in Dublin. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, you'll be like 15 or 20 minutes from our gym. That's cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there, I think, like, um, get in a Thursday, that Thursday night. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I'll have to touch base and see what, what you guys are up to on uh, Thursday nights because class starts Friday Friday morning. So if yeah. I get in get in soon enough, or yeah. even even like on a Friday Friday night, like maybe catch dinner or something like that. Yeah, I'll be thirteenth. Uh, I'll be in, actually out in Utah teaching, um, mm. but I leave I leave that morning, so I leave early on the the thirteenth. But if cool. you make it in Thursday early enough, uh, I actually teach the Thursday night classes. So you're welcome to pop by and have some fun. Really cool. Appreciate yeah, that, man. man. 
appreciate that. So the um, getting into uh, your brick and mortar, getting into mm-hmm. um, I, I noticed your. I mean, it's difficult not to notice when when your messaging is is so you it seems you know like when we're when we're talking it's just like so transparent so you um i was gonna ask like do you have like a a whole team is that just you like what like how did you how did you start how did you start number one and then like what does that look like now compared to what it was then because it just looks it looks so seamless you know (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm glad that's what it looks like on the outside. <laughs> um, that makes me feel yeah. really good that you say that, though. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. man, how how does this happen? You know? That's the, uh, it's a, always public perception, right? It's like, oh, it's it's so easy for them. And it's like, no, it's, just, it's you know, we, we work, you put the time in and, you know, stuff goes. Um, yeah, so as far as the, the um, I, you know, my career, what I've been doing, um, the brick and mortar facility here in Columbus, um, the, the way it started, I was, I joined a gym called Ohio Crab Maga back in 2008 and, um, fell in love with it. The community there, the, the other coaches, the owner, um, and I spent a ton of time there. I mean, it was, if I was, I was either at school at work or at OKM, uh, essentially, um, and so uh, the, the guy that owned that place, his name was Mark Slane. Um, he took me under his wing. I coached there. Um, so he, he sent me to get certified in Krav Maga. He sent me to get certified in CrossFit. I coached there. Um, eventually, he wanted to open a second location. So I became the program director for the second location. Um, I worked there and ran that facility for just shy of five years. Um, mm. And then he had sold the businesses over to uh, a friend of mine. And I was, I was at a point at at that point in time uh, where, you know, I I wanted, I wanted to know that like any decisions that were made, whether they were right or wrong were mine. Hmm. Um, So I was, I was ready to run my own place. And I had actually asked if I could uh, purchase the facility that I was um, currently running. And uh, I didn't match, uh, match with her business plan, which is perfectly fine. We had a really good conversation about it. So I just said, hey, you know, what do you think about me opening up somewhere else? I'll try to transition out slowly. And, you know, that way it's uh, not like shock and awe. Um, so, was, yeah. So go ahead. You, you mentioned that, like, you were you were managing, you were like managing or like overseeing a lot of the operations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what were what were like some of the biggest like aha moments you had during that time that like <laughs> led to led to like this cuz like it, like you said the whole what people see versus like what you went through. Yeah. To, to get to that point like what were some of the things that you took the biggest takeaways of that? That's an interesting question um because that was uh I left there a little over 9 years ago. Um, so that was end of 2012, December, 2012 is, it was the last time I was there and you got it like nine years ago, I was 27, like I'll, I'll be 36 actually tomorrow. So I'll be 27 back then. Um, and you know, you, you rewind, you know, four and a half to five years before that I'm like 22. Uh, I, I realized recently, like in the last few years, that there was a ton of stuff that at the time I was, I had yet to get mature enough or old enough or whatever you want to call it 
to pay attention to it. We're, we're males. Come on, man. Yeah, it's well, not yeah, until exactly. like we're 30 till we have a prefrontal <laughs> cortex. Let's go here. <laughs> yeah. So there was a ton of stuff going on. However, you know, my mindset at the time was like, ah, I get to fight people for a living. Like it is what it is. It's, you know, it's not my facility. You know, I'll, I do my best to, to run it. And I, so there was a lot of stuff I was learning um, and it was buried. I imagine it's like, you know, when, when, uh, you know, you see it in movies all the time. However, I imagine in real life, it happens all the time. Like, you know, maybe somebody uses, a, uh, loses a grandparent or a parent. And then they, as that moment makes them reminisce and go like, Oh shit. Like, man, I missed out on a ton if I would have only been present in that moment. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting question to ask, like, what were some of the things you learned? Um, cause I was learning a lot yet it took years for me to get like back into the positions where I was doing that to really go like, Oh shit, man, that's something I ran into nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a few that jumped out, um, you know, uh, work matters. I mean, you have to work, uh, at the time I was, I was still in the, you know, put your head down grind. It's supposed to be, you know, 80 hour weeks. And, you know, if you're trying to make something happen, you you know, I don't have a moment for anything. You know, there's no downtime. I used to tell people, I used to feel bad about taking naps. Like mm. I took a lot of naps, but it was like, like, all right, I could take this nap or maybe I could do something productive that would make money. And I would like have an internal battle about whether I should take a nap or not. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, you have a lot of, uh, I had a lot of that. So, however, like the things I was focusing on and putting work into were growing. And so it's that, okay, life lesson number one in that perspective is like, you have to do the work. You can think about it and goals and dream about it and journal about it all you want. You know, you have to get in there and get stuff done. And I was really good at that. My, uh, my mother, my grandfather, and, and even my father who, um, you know, wasn't the best influence early on. However, they were all hard workers. Mm. Um, and so work ethic was something that it was like, I just, I, it was in my blood. You just, you worked, you did stuff, you know, you were active. Uh, if you well, wanted you something done, stuff you that's stuff. special too. Like you, yeah. you create like everything that, that I've, that I experienced um, when, when you were coaching, like it was a special experience. And, and what's interesting is that there's a lot of people that just deliver suboptimal experiences. I mean, a lot of people in, in, they wonder why their practice suffers. Yeah. You know, and, and it, there's one thing to be a hard worker and there's another thing to be obsessed with delivering something special. Yeah. Being the, being the best possible version of you. Um, I was just having this conversation the other day. Uh, I was talking about like different jobs I'd had in the past. I mean, I worked, I worked at Panera. I loaded trucks at FedEx. I did blacktop. I did landscaping. Um, I did general contracting and maintenance. I mean, I, mm. I've done almost every single job. And that was the one thing I like she, uh, who I was talking to was like, what was the worst job you ever had? And I, I kind of chuckled for a second. I was like, honestly, I never hated any of my jobs. I actually was, I found it fascinating to try my darndest to be the best at it. You know what I mean? Like, people may not be able to tell the difference between like this blacktop driveway and this one. But in my mind, it was like, can I do this the most efficiently beautiful way possible? So I always loved all of my jobs. I disliked experiences with bosses. Uh, and so I told her, I said, there were some bosses that drove me up a wall. 
the work never bothered me. Um, I actually always, I always enjoyed the work, at least as far as I can remember. Um, but yeah, you're right. So, uh, you know, being the best possible version of whoever I can be, you know, that 1% better every day. Well, that, and I imagine I, a lot of that came from my mother. Cause she was, like I said, yeah. she was a hard worker and refined a lot of everything she did. She did it over the top. Um, uh, and I, that, that was one thing that always stuck with me moving forward into, into whatever I was doing, whether I worked for somebody else or at the point where I started working for myself. So, so just if it's okay to dive into, um, the idea of boss experiences and you being the boss, like, how did you come to grips with that? <laughs> um, oh, that's a, that's an interesting question too. This is fun. Cause I, you know, I talk business and mentorship and stuff like that with a lot of people, with a lot of people. However, these are, these are fun questions that I haven't uh, been specifically asked. So this is cool to like recollect on. Um, so the, like I, in the past, I had uh, difficulty properly communicating. Um, and like early on with my bosses and people that I worked for, or even with, cause that's another interesting part too, is like you have people you work for, and then the responsibilities you have for yourself, if you're a business owner, but then you also have business partners and that's like three different subgroups. Um, I had issues properly communicating. And, and as we know, um, with internal language and story work, you know, we, we talk to ourselves a lot more than we talk to other people. And the problem is we can spin stories without fact. Um, and so where I'm going with that is with bosses early on, um, a, a trend that I noticed after the fact, and again, this is like within the last five or six years, hmm. um, a trend that I noticed was I, day one, I was very dedicated and loyal to whoever I worked for. It was this, my job, I'm supposed to do this really well. And I want to learn from whoever this person is. And then at some point in time, as I started to get better, I would, uh, I would avoid or simply just wouldn't communicate either thoughts or expressions or things that were going on. And then what ended up happening was the same story started to build up. And I imagine at some point it, it's got to do something with my relationship uh, growing up with my father. However, my, the thought was like, you know, look how good I'm doing and I'm putting in all this hard work. Like I almost start feeling like, uh, you know, like, oh, I know better than my boss does. And mm. the problem was I was making these stories up in my head. And at the time I didn't realize like, yeah, I, I understand this portion of the work very well. However, as the person that, whether it's a manager or a team lead or even the, the, the owner of the company, now as an owner, looking back, going like, oh, shit, man, they were thinking about 20 other things. You know, they're thinking about, you know, expenses to even get the product through the door and timelines on that and when they need to make shifts. And then they're trying to balance personalities with employees. And at the time, I, I didn't see those things. And so... That was a big issue that, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, if it happens once, maybe it's that person. If it's happening almost at every single job at some point in time, it's like, okay, then it's me, not <laughs> yeah. them, you know, um, or at least I'm playing into it in some degree playing into that human nature. So yeah. that was one that came up. So I, um, the bosses, I will say this, the bosses that uh, I became really, really close to were the ones that spent the time building actual relationships versus just 
you know, pushing you to the job or just trying to teach you how to do the job and things along those lines. And like Darren, uh, Darren Beconder was one of the first people I ever actually worked for. Um, he ran a landscape company. I worked for him. I haven't talked to Darren in probably a decade. Um, and I will tell you right now that if he, if him and I ran into each other, I, I would be ecstatic. I would sit down with that guy and I would just spill everything and share the lessons he had taught me. Like he was a big impact to me. Um, Mark Slane, who owned the gym that uh, I ran, you know, previously before this, another one was just an incredible mentor. Um, just two or three of my bosses. I worked at the buckle for a while, like shuck and close um, two or three of my bosses at the, the buckle where they actually genuinely got to know you. Mm. Um, and wanted to know how you were, you know, they'd ask things outside of work to make sure you were okay. And whether they realized it or not, they were making sure that like, you know, mentally, emotionally, like, are you okay? You know, and then yeah. it was, okay, now that we know you're okay, let's talk about, you know, maybe some proficiencies at work. And now thinking back to that, those people also in there, uh, they were good at getting the best out of me because I imagine because they took the time to build that relationship. So when they gave me feedback, I didn't take it as a slight. Mm. I took it as like, oh, shit, like, OK, that's I should get better at this. Like they're pointing a thing out. And that's because they had built that, um, you know, that scaffolding of, of trust and rapport. And then at that point, like, yeah, you can tell me that I'm screwing this up and I'll gladly try to fix it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those were big ones. And honestly, man, those are what's really interesting in the last few years. Um those are lessons that have started to come out as, you know, essentially the, the boss. Now I have a business partner in the gym. Um, his name's dude. <laughs> it's actually dude. It's really cool. That's awesome. But, yeah. My business partner is dude T pool. Um, but, uh, you know, like, you know, he's my business partner in this. I've been with the company longer. And so, uh, you know, a lot of things it's like, Hey, you know, like, I'm up here. I mean, dude and I make the decisions together and stuff like that. However, I've been around for a bit and I've realized that the people that I'm able, or I should say when I'm keeping in touch with the people that work for us, like genuinely able to get in there nonstop and they realize how much I care about them. It's one thing to care about people. It's another thing for them to realize how much you care about them. And that has to come with that open communication where, um, you know, like if I'm sitting in the back of my head being like, man, you know, it's, it's so, you know, like, um, Ashley is one of the team leads I have like, oh man, like Ashley really keeps on top of stuff and she keeps me where it's at. And man, I, I don't know what the hell I do without her. Well, if I'm telling myself that it's like, yeah, that's great. And in my mind, I'm going like, like, you obviously know that, you know, this like type thing, but if I've never expressed that verbally, how the yeah. hell do they know? Right. Yeah. Um, and that was an issue I ran into with my former business partner that I actually opened Endeavor with. Mm. And when, when, when I had, uh, whether it was a concern or a gripe or an issue, I realized this again after the fact, after uh, he had moved on, was that I always talked him up to other people. And yet every time him and I would have conversations, it was always about stuff we needed to improve or things that were bothering me. Mm. And I, man, I, I, I realized that way after the fact, like two years after he uh, sold his shares out of the business where I was like, well, yeah, I mean, man, I can, I guess I can understand why, you know, communication wasn't going so well. You know, I was covering for him 
left and right and telling, you know, he was going through a really hard time, you know, in his personal life. And, and uh, so I, you know, Hey, you guys got to, you know, give, you know, give Rob, you know, give him a little bit of space and, you know, work through this and all that type stuff. But I wasn't fucking saying it to him. And it's like, after the words, I was kicking myself in the ass, like, God bless it. You know, it's, you, it's a huge you, lesson. It's a huge yeah, lesson. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate one because, you know, he's, he kicked me in the ass a lot to get me to do a lot of things. And him and I were very close for a very long time. And, you know, we're very cordial now. However, um, it's one of those things where like, it used to be a genuine friendship. And unfortunately we've, we've, uh, moved past that, which kind of sucks. However, it, it was a big lesson. It's allowed me to have that little marker to use now with, you know, like with dude, my current business partner, and then with the staff that's underneath us for me to go, man, am I keeping up with communication that came back to bite me in the ass before? Like, how am I improving on this thing that like, I know I can do better at and that I know um, maybe tends to be something that, you know, I make a lot of assumptions. I always feel good. Like I know where dude and I stand, even if dude hasn't clearly communicated it to me. Like I know he's a hard worker. I know he respects everything that I put into it. I know that he makes adjustments when he needs to make adjustments. I know he'll get the fucking job done. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it was the, I don't need the reassurance necessarily. Well, at least I imagined I didn't, but mm-hmm. I wasn't giving the reassurance on the other side of it. So that was a huge lesson transferring from, you know, the being working for somebody and then being the person that other people work for was, you know, like, look, we're all human and we're all going to have bad spots um, in 99 out of a hundred cases. If we actually used our words and had conversations, we could all meet where we're at and solve the problem. Um, yeah. And unfortunately I've been doing this, I'm in my 15th year and it took me about 12 to figure that out well dude well, like I'd, I'd imagine that you know during that time when especially people who are um owner operators and then you bring in a team around that because like i like yeah. our our space when you met brandon and i like it's it's just us two you know we don't mm-hmm. have um we don't have a team of people uh we do primarily uh, we primarily we do one-on-one sessions um with people we don't have uh, like a membership um how how then do you take the transition of um the solid idea of like your coaching you have the partitions of different pieces of the business um along with i'd imagine the the um different pieces of the organization that need to be fulfilled like how do you even come up with a model number one and then the division of labor amongst that model that Mm -hmm. that that sat well with you that you could then communicate within that model like can can you take me through some of the thought process of your head of that creation of that or did you just replicate something else uh the yes and yes (laughs) <laughs> and also still working on that. Um, so this is this is a really cool question because this has been something that um, in the last two years has uh, pushed itself to the forefront aggressively. Um, and there's been a couple, obviously, you know, there's the obvious major changes in the last two years, like heading into uh, March of 2020, we were, the gym was doing awesome. You know, we had 240, 250 plus members. Um, 
and like our we had profit you know what i mean like actually coming through we were paying for all of our stuff we had just renovated the entire gym and signed a different lease um and and just we were in a really 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 good spot and then obviously the end of march comes and things shut down and you know we did a really uh our community you know stepped up and we did a really good job of taking care of them during that you know we were calling as often as we could you know we had a spreadsheet of all of our members and their phone numbers and you know the coaches were going through and calling people and keeping in touch and we leased out all of our equipment all that type of stuff hmm. and then coming back obviously we're down so like we have this massive revenue drop after we just renovated the facility and our lease went up by you know fifteen hundred dollars and like all this other type of stuff so it's like that was culture shock yeah so now it's uh we have a very small staff going through quarantine we pretty much had our only our team leads and then myself and uh um you know my business partner dude and so that what was interesting about that back to your question is we were constantly talking to each other we were constantly having meetings we were constantly supporting each other and it it was a small knit group and it was very easy to like hey we need to make a schedule adjustment it's like you just put it on this little blurb and I just got to wait for four other people to confirm that this is okay. And then we, we kill it. So things were moving really fast and we were doing really well. Um, and then coming back into it, we lost. So like, as we're bringing coaches back, we lost some coaches. We lost a ton of our member base and then we brought on more coaches. So there's just like huge shift. Um, and, and late 2020, early 2021 was, um, it was tough. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, mitigating coming back from something like that. And, you know, meanwhile, looking at the funding and being like, man, our revenue's way down. Um, you know, we need to start cutting expenses so that, you know, like our, our attention split in a lot of places and mm-hmm. we did lose, we lost communication with a good number of people. Um, and, and that was there. And so <laughs> then we started taking on, like when things started settling, we started taking on more coaches and our coaches are phenomenal yet the more people you have, that's more, you know, difficulties it can pose. You have different personalities and, and uh, with larger groups, it's almost inevitable that some of them will bond closer than other ones will. And then that, you know, as, as awesome as it sounds, as people getting together and bonding, it can be problematic because then you start having sections inside of it. And, and that's another thing, right? And so it's, you know, how do we keep you know, make sure that everybody's taking care of each other. So, you know, one of the questions you asked was, did you just like emulate it from somebody else? Did you come up with your own system? And it's a mixture of both. Mm. I learned a lot looking back on how Mark ran things at the gym. I learned, I went back and went like, shit, man. Like I remember him having conversations like this. So I took from some of the things that he had done, um, took from some of the things that I had had success with, took a lot of the stuff from like strong coaching and lifted and, and the impactful things I'd learned there. And then honestly, I took, some really big lessons from Daniel Coyle's book, culture code, Mm. um, which is a phenomenal book and centered around um, specifically building like teams. And there's a, there's one in there. I I think the guy's name is Dave Meyer. Um, He owns a ton of like really high end restaurants and they're some of the most successful. And he talks about as, as he started expanding, how he had these massive problems because he couldn't be in all of the places at once. And it was like, this restaurant was successful because he was there. He was doing everything. He was running the front, 
busting tables, talking to everybody. And then as he tried to scale, he started realizing things started slacking off. And so he came up with essentially a system of language and cues and concepts and where he would barrage people with it so that it was constantly like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that thing he said. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. So he was teaching them how to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was um, the guy, Daniel Coyle, is interviewing him and he's at one of his restaurants and somebody uh, breaks a bunch of glasses. And I guess he like pauses the conversation and just kind of like looks to see what happens. And Daniel Coyle asks him about it. And one of the things he says is, I'm looking to see the energy. Does somebody show up and help the other person? Or if not, then we have a problem. And that's that's something we have to address. And one of the things he says in there is the very first thing that we need to do is make sure that we take care of each other. As long as the team takes care of each other, the rest of the stuff becomes a lot easier. Um, and, and that's literally two weeks ago, I, I was talking to my team leads and I was like, okay, like things have started to disperse. A lot of it was, was, you know, I'll take my blame on that because I've, my schedule has been crazy and I've fallen out of communication this Saturday, which with our fight side, we do instructor training the last Saturday of every month, like this Saturday, it's an all call everybody there. And the first thing we are talking about is like, guys, this is where we're at. So, you know, anecdotally, that's the million miles an hour thought process my head goes through. But what I can say is the, if you have a small tight knit group, it's good. Like I want open communication nonstop for for me personally, this is my Mm -hmm. opinion, my experience. So with a small tight knit group, constant communication and, and, and I don't mean like constant meetings. I mean, Mm -hmm. we are interacting with each other genuinely constantly. It doesn't have to be about work. But the closer that we are, the, 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 the more bandwidth I'm going to have or the more margin of error I'm going to have if something's not going well because we're, we, you know, we care about each other. And that's huge. The larger that group gets, you can't it's, – it's more and more difficult to have that as the central person. So what you have to what, – what I believe at least or what I'm attempting to do – is to get everybody to care for everybody. So we start caring each other as a unit. And a smaller group, I was very, very, very successful because I could do everything um, and I could be constant and be there. And as we're getting bigger and getting into that, it's uh, how do you highlight those lessons for other people and make them realize like, man, like, you know, if there's 19 of us, if we take care of each other, there's no problem we can run into that we can't solve. You know, if somebody gets sick and we need to cover a class, it's a huge difference when somebody you don't connect with calls you to cover a shift and somebody you're friends with calls you to cover a shift. It's like a buddy of yours calls that you give a crap about and you're like, hell yeah, I got your back, man. Go take care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I'm on the way down or I'm going to the bar later or something like that. And somebody that I maybe am not as close with calls me and is like, Hey, you know, I'm not feeling too good. Can you cover my shift? And it's like, ah, man, like, I don't know. I was going to go over here and do that. Um, so like making them see, like, I can like guys, this, this community that we're in, like anything that has a vast majority of the thing, I don't say anything, right? No, no, absolutely. The vast majority (laughs) of the things that have gone right in my life in the last 15 years have come from the tight knit community inside of the gym. That's including my wife. I met my wife at my gym. Uh, well, the gym I ran before she, she took a Krav Maga intro class. 
we started hanging out like as a group community afterwards, we were attracted to each other. We started dating. We're now married. We have two kids. We have a house and you know, it's awesome. Right. So like, that's when I say like, I, I, for me, it's like anything that has ever happened. However, a vast majority of what's happening <laughs> good has come from this tight knit community of coaching. Yeah. And often people that I imagine I'm not connecting with, the biggest thing was a lack of communication. When you actually sit down and talk to people, you can make that connection. So that like, that would be the, if I had to highlight it into one thing, and again, it's just my opinion and my experience. Obviously, well, I'm unlimited to my experience. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that, that's awesome. Like, what what I what I gather from it all is that number one, um, pre pre COVID, you had a large a large base of of clients, large base of of um, gym goers utilizing the space, and it was such a rush of different personalities, different people, that if there was better communication um, amongst your clients, amongst the community, amongst the, um, the, the practitioners or the coaches, that each level of the communication would, would not only help each person, um, each client through, through a difficult time, because the, the whole purpose, it seems as though, of the community is to assist each other um, so that not only will the business still be, uh, be relevant in, in, in times of, um, of need, it's actually of greatest service in times of need. Yeah. Is, is what I gather from that. Yeah. And it's interesting because before COVID and quarantine, we knew the problems inside and out. Like I, I knew the inside and out of people that are having issues, um, you know, with nutrition, people that are having issues, you know, with, with the basic stuff, um, even taking care of staff and things like that. It was like, like we had that stuff all on lockdown when the business was financially secure and, you know, the, the every, at the time, everybody's biggest problem was, you know, I don't want to say minuscule because a lot of people had some big deep problems, but mm. it wasn't global pandemic and craziness. Right. And then, you know, you, you have this massive shift going into it, which I still say this, um, as much as the last two years have been a juggling and craziness of challenges and stuff like that, honestly, from a business owner standpoint, and as a human, to be completely honest, the last two years to me have been phenomenal because, because it forced, like we were comfortable, you know what I mean? Yeah, like we were, completely. we were, everything was on cruise control. We were doing great. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love cruise control and I would love to go back to cruise control. However, I understand more about, uh, like my revenue streams at the business. I understand more about our expenses. Um, I actually took the time to like understand how to like apply for grants and understand how taxing works and like things that like, yeah, it may be like 2% here and 3% here and 5% there, but that shit adds up after a while. And it, it, I didn't need to do it leading up to that. And yeah. so it forced me to become a better business owner. It forced me to, to reevaluate, like, how much time do I want to be with my family and how can I make that happen? And, and, and then honestly, one of the best things that ever happened was uh, in April, literally sitting there and going like, what if this goes under? Like, mm -hmm. this, is, this is all I've known. My entire livelihood and my family's livelihood is in this brick and mortar business. If it goes under, what am I going to do? And instead of going like, oh my God, woe is me. I, I just, I was like, okay, like that's a question instead of 
you know, waxing and, and waning about the question, answer the question. Okay. What if the business goes under? So what are the plans? And I told people at the time I had like, like by the end of April in 2020, I had like seven plans. It was like, have to liquidate the business. What does that look like? Have to go get a job. What does that look like? like what are my skill sets? Uh, downsizing the gym, dropping to personal training, uh, like whatever it was, it was just like, it, so it was like, cool. Like I could just navigate. And that gave me confidence to make the best decisions possible to take care of the community and know that, Hey man, look, if shit goes under, we got a plan for that. Um, yeah. And you and got the skill was, set too to to be able to to parse that out with your yeah. intra personal communication, you know. Yes, and oh my gosh, the language work like, oh my gosh, the language work in the last couple of years between strong coach and lifted and vocabulary and all that type of stuff has been a lifesaver, especially leading into quarantine um, and, and into the whole you know COVID era. So, you know, there's a lot going on there, and the one thing that I can say is like. The not the one thing we've said several things at this point, so <laughs> idea. However, one major thing is because we have always been about community. We we may that may have been happening. I don't want to say by accident. It definitely was intentional that we were building community. However, I feel like I'm connecting a lot deeper with individuals than I ever have previously um, because of everything that's happened with COVID and because of the stress of the like, holy shit, this gym could go under and like, what the hell am I going to do? This is how I pay the bills and take care of my family. Mm -hmm. Um, but also because of the language type stuff, like I'm way deeper with people. So we were intentionally building community. And because of the fact that like, that was our main thing. Like, yeah, we're going to teach you how to work out. Well, yes, we're going to teach you about, you know, nutrition. We're going to find you support and resources. We're going to take care of you. We're going to help you move like all that type stuff. Like that stuff was there because of that. Like we did make it through there with a huge chunk of our community. You know what I mean? Because it, this isn't just a gym. It's not just another business. It's not just, it's not just anything. It's like, mm-hmm. man, you know, these are the people that I care about. This is where I keep my uh, mental and physical and emotional health. Um, this is where I, you know, let off my steam. Um, these are people that have been there to celebrate my birthday, been there to celebrate my kids at any moment in time, I'm going to have two kids around here, uh, <laughs> like all that type stuff. And because of the community and the tight knit, you know, this of that, you know, I mean, man, I, I, I can only imagine if we were just an in and out, you know, cookie cutter style facility, like what would have happened there? Um, and so you take that community aspect of it that we were good at. And then you take the fact that going through strong coach and vocabulary and lifted, I've, I've, I've been in a position to connect with people better. You know, we come out the other end and, and we're still taking care of each other. We still got a shit ton of challenges. Um, and we're constantly evolving, you know, however, in the face of that, I have school or skills and, and, uh, you know, tools and things that I can use to, to simply face it as data. Mm. It's like, these are the numbers. This is how I improve them. Mm. I can, I can, and then go back to the first thing I said. I can either do the work, like I know what needs done. If you don't have leads, go out and find leads. If you have leads, but you're not making conversions, you got to figure out how to fix your damn conversions. If you have leads and conversions, but your retention's dog shit, then you need to go fix your retention. So it's just identify, use the data, figure out what needs done. And then you have to do the work. Mm-hmm. And anytime we've had an issue of something dropping in a lot of cases, it's like, yeah, we've been slacking off on that. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously. So it's very neat. Um, 
So yeah. <laughs> well, what uh, what are um, just uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, what are what are some of the things that you are working on right now personally to solve some of those problems? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, so Cody Ringle actually him and I meet for coffee, uh, usually like once a quarter, every couple months. Cause he's up in Michigan. I'm, I'm in Columbus. So we drive, like he drives two hours. I drive an hour and a half. We meet in Lima, Ohio at a coffee shop and we talk. Um, so I was workshopping this with him and our big thing right now is leads in when people come in, we convert them. Uh, when we convert them, we have a very high retention rate above uh, industry standard, all that type fun stuff mm. because we care about people. Um, so leads coming through the door is our big thing, um, especially at our lower level programs uh, or not lower level programs, like entry level self-defense is the main one. Um, so I was originally focusing a lot of my effort on marketing. However, I show up the best for people when I'm actually coaching and connecting with people. That is by far my strongest suit. Um, and that's where I make the biggest impact in our community. Um, so I am working on uh, supplying the revenue to hire somebody to do marketing full-time and turning a section of the business marketing everything about leads coming through the door is in this so that includes our social media our newsletters our uh interactions and advertising all that type of stuff so <laughs> putting myself in a position to be able to delegate that out to somebody that can give it the time and attention that it deserves yeah. um, so that's a big one i'm gonna i'm gonna text angela cisco and tell him that i'm gonna be like eight minutes late and he's gonna be fine <laughs> uh, <laughs> say hi from boom me. I will, right? <laughs> Talking with Keith. Uh, this, yeah, this has got to be that. This is another thing is delegating and communicating. <laughs> there it is. There he it gave is. The, he gave me the thumbs up, so we're good to go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that's the, honestly, man, that's the biggest one right now. We, we spent a lot of time redoing the systems in which we on-ramp people to make sure we're doing the, giving them the best service, best experience um, and continued experience too. I think that's a big one, but uh, it, now it's about getting people through the door and we oh, get man. people through the door and then we refocus our staff to make sure that like, you know, Hey guys, remember, this is what we're about. N rule number one, we take care of each other. Mm. End of story. If anybody's got any problems with that, then we need to, you know, have a discussion and reevaluate that. And, you know, if it's not for you, that's fine. Um, so those are the big ones right now. And, uh, you know, the way you asked that was very interesting. Like, what are you personally working on to fix those type things? And, uh, delegating things has always been something that, or has often been something that comes up for me, mm -hmm. um, where I feel bad asking people to do things, um, even though they may want to. Um, like I feel, uh, I have in the past, I have often felt, you know, like, oh, I'm, they don't want to do that or I can't pay them enough. And so I don't want to ask them to do something for something, you know, that type of deal. Uh, and Cody's actually the one, uh, in most recent history that's kicked my butt on that one where he like literally over coffee last Wednesday, uh, he was literally like, dude, like, <laughs> you need to hire somebody. And I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, I just don't know if I could pay him. And he was like, how long do you think that's going to take? And like, we were workshopping it. I was like, I don't know, maybe like, maybe like six to 10 hours a week. He goes, okay. So let's say top end 40, you know, 40 hours uh, a month. I said, okay. And he was like, what do you want to pay them? $15, $20. I 
I was like, I don't know, 15 or 20 at least. He was like, okay, let's say $20. He goes, can you afford $800 a month to maybe convert seven people in that month? And I was like, fuck, I hate you and your math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's sounds just, just like Cody. <laughs> you're right. It's, it's one of those things. Like sometimes you, you need someone else that's on the outside, you know, that is going through, has a, I don't even know if it needs to be a similar business model, but somebody to just go like, you do realize that if this conversation was flipped, this is exactly what you'd be telling me. And it's like, yes, I know. I just, ah, it's so much harder when it's me, you know? It's so, they're, they're blind. They're blind spots for a reason, man. Oh man. Tell me about it. Right, right? <laughs> hey, so, but yeah, well, man. let's, uh, let's do this. Um, yeah. Where, where can people find you? Um, especially the, um, events coming up, like, yeah, give us a lowdown. Totally. Uh, so you can follow all my stuff um, on uh, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, primarily on Instagram. I Facebook's like I just shove everything over to Facebook from Instagram. Um, if you want to chat with me or anything like that or follow along Instagram, it's at Janetti Aaron uh, is my primary one. And if you click the link in the bio, it's got all my upcoming seminars and things like that. Um, there's also an online program they can sign up for. Um, I wrote a book back in 2016 called How to Survive an Active Killer. Um, there's a link to, to purchase that as well. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that, uh, I have a YouTube page that I really just started pushing stuff over to. It's primarily focused on the defensive tactics and self-defense side of things. Um, my Instagram is a really good mixture of really it's things that are, ha that are, uh, on my mind at any point in time. So, you know, you talk about like the way I present myself seems so genuine. It's like, honestly, man, I'm in 90% of the cases when I'm posting to Instagram, I'm posting to talk to me or, you know, somebody that I'm supporting in that moment in time. Hmm. So uh, like Mondays, I do mindset Monday where I talk about some of the mindset stuff that is all things I've battled with in the past. Like none of it's like, you know, me on my high horse being like, you guys should fix your shit. It's like, I've been there. <laughs> like yeah. These are the things I'm constantly reminding myself. Um, Tuesdays, I usually post some kind of a video about technical stuff. Wednesday I do, um, oftentimes I'll do Wednesday words. So like using language translations. Um, mm. so I post a lot of stuff there. My YouTube page is primarily defensive tactics, concepts, and techniques. Um, so you can see that stuff out. Um, our training facility is Endeavor Defense and Fitness. We're in Columbus, Ohio. We're on like the West side of uh, Columbus. Um, if you're ever in the area, if you're listening, please feel free to stop by. If you happen to live in Columbus, come and hang out with us. Um, but you can also find that, uh, Endeavor DCF, like dog, cat, fish, um, stands for Endeavor Defensive CrossFit, um, uh, that on Instagram and Facebook as well. And then if you're really interested in the knife stuff, um, the program is called knife control concepts. Uh, we have an Instagram page for that as well. So that's all the spaces you can find me, Janetti, Aaron, Endeavor DCF, knife control concepts, um, type those things into many of the social media platforms and you will most likely find me in some form or fashion and i'll definitely have all those links in the show notes so Sweet. they'll be right at the bottom they'll be able to find you asap and uh yeah. man totally appreciate you spending the time i know you're a very busy man um and also uh if there's if there's one thing that you could just leave mm -hmm. all those other gym owners um coaches that um that really resonated the most just any one line quote anything like that that just really helped you especially in the moment what, what would that be dude uh like find other people and reach out for support that's the biggest man ask for help um 
cool. you know, there are plenty of people that have been in the positions that we're trying to get out of. And the only thing holding us back from learning from those people is sending them a message. You know what I mean? So reach out, man, find a, a community of people you can get with. Um, that's one thing that I have, uh, unconsciously done for a very long time and more recently have brought it to conscious is I have essentially like a group of people where I know, like I'm going to go to Cody Ringle and hash out business stuff. And he'll usually call me on my shit. I talked to Drew Dillon and Drew Dillon knocks me back on my personal growth stuff. And then I talked to other fathers that I connect with about like, Hey, what's going on with, yeah, man, it's have people that you, you trust and um, have either gone through the stuff you're going through or um, are in it then. And, man, just reach out for support. Even if it's just fucking bullshitting with people, man, just, and you're having a bad day, call somebody, get a cup of coffee and let it out. Uh, you know, so that would be my biggest thing, man, is, is get support. Every coach needs a coach. Yeah. Right. And that includes business. So business owners need coaches. So cool. Cool brother. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me, man. This was fun. We'll have to do it again. For sure. For sure. Take care of yourself, man. Yeah. Later, Keith.